We here at Pucks Out Pod are super excited to announce our new partnership with Action 24-7, Tennessee's only local legal sports book. Use code PUCKSOUT when you make your first deposit, and our friends over at Action will double your deposit up to $800. And this week, there is so many dope events and promos happening. January 13th, that's today or yesterday, or maybe a long time ago, depending on when you're listening, put $20 on an NHL money line and get a $10 free bet to use in-game. And for Friday, January 14th, everyone gets a deposit boost. Yeah, even you. Table tennis, ping pong, riffraff, whatever you want to call it, bet $6.50 on it on Friday, January 14th, and Action 24-7 will give you another $6.50 to use on table tennis, because why not? And now the promo we've all been waiting for. It's playoff time in Tennessee, baby. Your Titans secured a bye this weekend, but winners never quit. So this weekend, bet $20 on the spread both days, and you'll automatically get a $20 free bet. Once again, use code PUCKSOUT. That's P-U-C-K-S-O-U-T. When you make your first deposit, an action will double it up to $800. What are you waiting for? From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into the most ridiculous podcast in sports and pop culture. I'm Bobby. Usually, Brandon Bond's with me. He's not here. He's on the COVID list uh, this week. But you can find us on the three major social media at Pucks Out Pod. Now let's crack open this cold Mayday beer and let's get after it. Doing that angry redhead today. Nice little red uh, red ale. And don't forget, Pucks Out is powered by Mayday Brewery, the official beer of Pucks Out podcast. This weekend, like in a couple days, if you're listening on release day, join us at Mayday Brewery at 11 a.m. for a Preds watch party. Tons of raffles, tons of fun, great beer, great people. All proceeds from the raffle will go towards Seven Element Athletics to help vets and first responders find a path to organized hockey and other sports. And while you're there, don't forget to grab yourself an awesome Mayday Soul Lager, the new release from Mayday. Now, as you all can tell, I sound a little bit different. No, I'm not sick. Knock on wood. I'm using a different mic, so bear with me. It's not the best quality like I have at the studio, but hey, that's the world of COVID we live in. Don't forget to check us out at What a Maneuver and Patreon to support the show. Today, we've got a lot. NHL studs and busts coming back. The best team in college football is crowned. NFL playoff picture is set, and people don't know the difference between a snake and a lizard. And so let's get straight into it. Normally, this is when, you know, I ask Brandon how he's doing. I'm assuming he's not doing too great right about now. I'm doing pretty good, you know. Had a, went to the Preds game last night, got a nice win against the Avalanche, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's jump straight into the news. Everything you need to know about what's happening on the ice. It's time for news from inside the boards. So much new stuff. Jack Eichel skating once again with the Golden Knights. I talked about it a little bit yesterday on the fantasy show. That is a great player. 
who is going to succeed so much better in his career now that he's at a new home. I truly believe that once that you know probable line of him, Patches, and Stone gets healthy and going, they'll be the most valuable line in hockey. Can't wait for that for him to hit the ice. You know, it's not going to be great for some of our teams, but you know that's a talent you want to see, and it's good for the game. Going to the other side, Evander Kane could be signed as early as this week. Reports have have shown a couple hours ago. A report did come out that the NHL is investigating something new with Evander Kane. You know, and so. At this point, who knows? We'll see what happens. The All-Star game is fast approaching, and we all know everyone loves the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. It's uh, you know, it's fun, but I'm sure the players really don't care. The All-Star coaches have been named. Brenda Moore from the Canes uh, will be coaching the Metro. Uh, Brunette from the Panthers, the Atlantic. Bednar from the Avs in the Central. And DeBoer from Vegas for the Pacific. You know, when Brendan Moore was asked about it, he pretty much said, who cares that it's usually about who is the point leader at this time. Well, obviously, that can't all be true since Bednar and the Avs are not leading the central in points. But hey, who am I to judge? That's about it for NHL news. I'm sure there'll be a lot more next week, but we are going to jump into some news from outside the boards. Now that you know what's happening inside the boards, time for the rest of the headlines with news from outside the boards all right the best team in college football has been crowned the georgia bulldogs beat alabama and while i'm sure majority of the country in the world is happy about that and normally i would be too brandon and i had a good bit of money riding in alabama and while he's an auburn fan so he's okay with losing that money i'm still a little salty about it but hey it is what it is. Now, I do want to say that this Georgia win, congrats to them. Congrats to those kids. I believe that this game says less about Georgia than it does about the absolute meltdown that Alabama had and their injuries. I truly believe that at full strength, Alabama is the better team. Uh, obviously, they didn't win, so it doesn't matter. You know, horseshoe and hand grenades at the end of the day, Georgia won. The NFL playoffs are set, and for you longtime listeners out there, you know that Brandon and I had a water bet about who would win the AFC East. I, you know, in the preseason said that the Patriots with Mac Jones would win it. He went, you know, uh, Buffalo with Josh Allen, and it came down to the last game of the season, and he won, so congrats to Brandon. He really needed it after seeing, you know, the current games of the week records, which we will talk about. Uh, But here is our entire lineup for... You know, this first weekend of the, the playoffs, you got Las Vegas going into Cincinnati and I've got our lines brought to you by our friends over at Action 24-7. Cincy is minus six and a half favorites. You've got the Patriots going into Buffalo. Buffalo are minus four favorites. Philly going into Tampa. Tampa minus eight favorites. And honestly, I think personally, that's that's a good call. I think Tampa is going to just run all over Philly. That could just be, you know, my watching football team fandom coming out. 49ers going into Dallas. Dallas minus three. That is bonkers. I think 49ers go in there and wipe the floor with Dallas. It, I would easily take 49ers plus three. Honestly, I would might even look at an alt spread. 49ers, I take minus six. Uh, Pittsburgh going into the Chiefs. Chiefs minus 11. Man, they are really, really... Uh, giving a lot of credit to Pittsburgh. 
Uh, this is a no-brainer. If easily, uh, Chiefs handle them. That that's a nothing game for them. Then Monday night. That's right. We've got Monday night playoff football. Cardinals going in to the Rams. You uh, the Rams are minus four favorites, and that you know I like that. That that's a tough game. I think that's uh, that that's a coin flip to me. You know we'll talk a little bit more about it next week, but it's also that time of the year. You've got a bunch of NFL coaches losing their jobs, some deservedly, one definitely not. Uh, Joe Judge from the Giants, Brian Flores from the Dolphins, Matt Nagy from the Bears, Mike Zimmer from the Vikings, Vic uh, Fangio from the Broncos, Urban Meyer from the Jags. Wow, I wonder who called that. Uh, John Gruden from the Raiders resigned uh, earlier in the season. That's a lot of names. A lot of them we expected. One... One we definitely disagree with, but Brandon has some comments that I'm going to read a little bit later on, and we will get into that. Um, but now let's jump into our games of the week. Games of the week. Bobby and Brandon do the work so you don't have to. The best from around the NHL and what to watch. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a score update. I had a very good week last week, three and two. Brandon, not so much. I believe 4 and one was his record last week. Uh, I'm currently sitting at 41, 18 and three, 30, and and Brandon's sitting at 30, 29 and three. For any new listeners out there, uh, that is obviously wins, loss, not ties, but postponements. And at, at the end of the season, uh, we will be judged on our win percentage. So right now, I have a solid lead, but hey, we're not even at the halfway point. Anything could happen. So starting us off uh, on Thursday, the 13th, that's tonight. Uh, I've got Columbus versus Carolina. I think Carolina's just too stout. I think Columbus has shown some some, some good signs. I don't think they have what it takes to uh, beat Carolina. Later that night at 9.30 Central Time, the Penguins and the Kings Brandon's got uh, Pittsburgh winning. I I personally would disagree. The Penguins are looking hot, but honestly, the Kings are a good team, and you can't count them out this year. Friday at 6 p.m., I've got Dallas uh, in Florida. And, you know, Dallas was on a little bit of a win streak uh, until, you know, they they had a they let a lead go. But uh, Florida is just – Florida's Florida, man. They are red hot. Just such – honestly – I don't think it's saying too much to say that, honestly, they could win the cup this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple weeks, if they keep this up, they are cup favorites. That's Friday at 6 p.m. Now going later that night, Friday, 7 p.m., Brandon's got Ducks versus the Minnesota Wild. He's got the Wild winning. Going to be a good matchup, and I agree with him there. Going on over to Saturday at noon. You can come watch this game at Mayday Brewery with me. Unfortunately, Brandon won't be there. Nashville versus Boston, Saturday, noon. Both these teams are good. This is going to be a great matchup. Nashville is, Nashville's hot, and they're going to continue this streak. After coming off that great litmus test of a victory against Colorado, I don't see how they drop this game. I've got Nashville winning it. Also, Saturday at 12 p.m., You've got Canucks versus the Hurricanes. Brandon's got the Hurricanes winning, and I mean, how can you not? Now, going over to Saturday night, 
Uh, Brandon has the stars versus the lightning and he's got the lightning winning. You know, that, that I think that's a coin flip game. I think the lightning are showing signs of being human. And, but if I had to pick a side, I'd go with the lightning as well. Sunday at 1 p.m., you got Vancouver going to the Washington. Not a lot of choices that day on Sunday, which, you know, understandable. Playoff football. Vancouver versus Washington. I've got Washington winning this. They're just too too good. Vancouver's, you know, they they, they showed signs after getting uh, the new coach, but I think, you know, they're, 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 gonna, they're starting to fall back to, to, you know, to Earth's gravity a little bit more. Now, Monday, MLK Day, and we're off work celebrating, you know, the great Martin Luther King, Los Angeles versus San Jose. This is, they are currently, as of recording, they are tied in points at 41 points. This is going to be a great matchup. I got San Jose taking it. And to finish off the week, Brandon has the Preds versus the Blues at 7 p.m. He's got the Blues. And I disagree with him. I'm not just being a homer. I think that, A, I hate the Blues, hate Jordan Bennington. But I think the Preds are just honestly too good of a team. Um, So that wraps it up. We will check in with you guys next week. And maybe Brandon has a better week. More than likely, he doesn't, though. Uh, So let's move into our joke of the week. And we've got a good one this week. The weird. Corey Perry. Yeah, I don't like that. Wild. I think the the first read was a good one. Now now I'm overthinking it. Outlandish. Each sixth chick sat on a stick. Little tongue twister. And downright dumb. Kidding me. It's time for the joke of the week. All righty. Reptile hailed as world's first four-legged snake. Turns out to just be a lizard. Almost as if lizards are just snakes with feet and legs. Now, don't attack me on Twitter, nerds. I get it. There's probably more differences than that, but not really. A study published in 2015 claimed a 120 million year old fossil discovered in Brazil dubbed Tetrapodophus amplectus, Greek for four-footed serpent, was the first snake to have more than two limbs. Other early snake fossils only had two. First off, I think those other ones also were lizards, just two-legged lizards. Uh, but scientists in Canada said they doubted the findings from the start, as you would. So they did their own study of the fossil at the University of Toronto. Um, and they ha- and they said, I was so upset about this kind of poor science making it into top journal in the sciences, said biology professor Robert Reyes. Soon after the original publication, we secured access to the specimen by raising hell, and then we were able to study it. And we were basically went in, did our detective work properly, and we came up with a much more plausible alternative explanation that this is not a snake, but a lizard. Well, that's about all there is to this story. Uh, again, people are dumb, and they'll prove it to you. Moving into our pop culture, it's a shame Brandon's not here for this, because I know how much he loves it. In fact, this is his favorite segment we've ever done, and I feel so bad that he's not here for this. The Summer of Bond continues with A View to Kill. We are still on Roger Moore. And Brandon has this to say about it. Masterpiece. Never has there been a a piece of cinema that has touched me more than this. Now, I might be paraphrasing. And if I were to, you know, quote him exactly, his exact words were, it was boring and not great. Surprise, surprise. You could see how it's much easier just to paraphrase the way I did. However... I'm going to be honest with you. View to Kill wasn't that bad relative to the what we've had to deal with in the past. Yeah, it was super 80s. It was actually kind of, it, it was 
cheesy dumb, but you know what? I'd rather cheesy dumb what I kind of expect from a James Bond movie than the absolute just weirdness and just bad film making of the other ones and bad acting and the raping and just the, you know, people always try to say that these James Bond movies, oh, they're just old. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're supposed to be over the top, but they didn't, I felt like a lot of the ones before this one didn't attempt that. They tried to be like legit spy movies and really they're not, at least not this era. Maybe that'll change, you know, with Daniel Craig and stuff like that. But the fact is they, this one knew, knew what it was and it did it well. It was kind of entertaining. It, it obviously had its boring parts, but you know, just starting off from the top, you know, if you've seen this and I suggest you at least watch a little bit of it. Why is there so many skiing scenes in recent James Bond movies? And why is he such a better skier than, I guess, Russian ski special forces? It seems like those are soldiers who their only job is to ski on a mountain and protect the mountain. And they are so bad at skiing. I felt like there would have been some training to be a ski soldier. I mean, they just didn't even like they would jump down five feet and look like they broke their ankles. Uh, once again, uh, the marksmanship from everybody in the James Bond universe is bad. There's no way that this is not somehow in the same universe as Star Wars. I mean, you the way that the henchmen and stormtroopers shoot are exactly the same. James Bond also bad marksmanship. You're a super spy, dude. You tell me you can't hit that lady on the stairs. I digress. It wasn't a horrible movie. By no means was it a good movie. But at least it was a fun watch. There's so honestly, there's so much more. And I wish Brandon was here uh, to talk about it because I do want to. I do. There are a lot of weird things in this movie. Let's move on. Let's move on to this or that. Time to cast your vote. Vote your cast. Choose your pick. Pick your choice. Make a decision and take a side for this or that. Brandon gave me one today, and I'm going to need y'all's help with this. Hit us up on social media with your answer. I feel like we might have done this before, but maybe not. Uh, have a personal chef or a maid. And I'm going to be real with you. As good as a personal chef sounds, I think having a full-time maid is uh, the way to go. Cleaning sucks. And uh, having someone who would clean for you, assume do your laundry. Uh, that's that that's great uh you know there's a lot of pros to a personal chef but i'm not a horrible cook i can cook um so yeah and especially if the maid's then cleaning up the kitchen when i'm done cooking yeah i'm taking the maid 100 percent. let us know what you pick we're gonna jump right into what are you binging for those of you that knew the show we talk about what we've been watching a lot of and what we're drinking a lot of Wife and I started season two of this show called Lock and Key. It's it's okay. It's pretty decent. Not the best. You know, it's a background show. Drinking a lot of this awesome Mayday Soul Lager, though. That's a dope beer. You should try it out. Brandon is watching Righteous Gemstones, uh, HBO show with Danny McBride. I've seen the uh, commercials for it. It looks real funny. And lots of water. Uh, you know, he's trying to, he, he's got to get his uh, fluid intake up uh, with the COVID. Uh, but before that, some dope Mayday Evil Octopus before landing on the uh, COVID protocol list. 
that wraps it up for what are you binging let's jump in to what's snapping your stick Bobby and Brandon are about to find out exactly what snaps their sticks. Alrighty. Brandon stole mine, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I do want to talk about something that we have talked about a couple times on the show, and it really reared its head this morning and late last night. And this is not just for you Avalanche fans. This is for Preds fans. This is for every fan of every sport out there and teams. Don't blame a loss on one call, either good or bad call. In this instance that I'm going to be talking about, it's last night's 100% blown call from what I've seen of the too many men on the ice that the Avalanche got, which, you know, led to the power play for the Preds, which then led to Matthew Shane's uh, game-winning overtime goal. I get it. It's easy to say, oh, well, the Preds were gifted that win and all these things. But the fact is, there was an entire game that you had to win that game. Abs, you put yourself in a position to lose it in overtime. Bad calls happen. They've always been a thing. We all know this. There is there is not a logistical or real realistic way of getting rid of bad calls in sports. It's a way, it's a part of life. So don't sit there and say, "Oh, it's not a real win." The fact is, it is a real win. I'm sure Avs have won games because of bad calls. I'm sure they've dropped other games in the past because of bad calls, and I'm sure they will win and drop games because of bad calls again, as will every single team. So don't sit there and bitch to everyone about how it's not a legit win. You're just making yourself look dumb. Now, Brandon's snapping hit what's snapping his stick. I agree with 100%. Brian Flores getting fired. What a joke. Took the team to 19 wins over the past two seasons after taking over an abysmal roster from the worst head coach in NFL history. Who is it? You guessed it. Adam Gase. That team should have gone 0-16. Goes to show you that is why some organizations continue to be bad. Whoever gets Flores got a fantastic coach. Now, to go off of Brandon's notes for a little bit and do a little bit of my own ranting, Brian Flores and the Dolphins started the season, what, 1-7? They then went on to go 8-1 to finish the season. To finish the, They finished the season at 9-8. They had a positive season. They swept the Patriots. Are you hearing me, Dolphin fans and other fans? They swept the Patriots. That's something that if you asked them for three, four years ago, if that was the case, they would have laughed in your face. This is a good coach. And honestly, the at this point, the Dolphins ownership, they don't deserve a coach like Brian Flores. So I'm excited to see where he goes. And the Dolphins, you'll continue to be bad as you have been for a long time. And they're going to hire some other version of Adam Gase because that's what they are destined to do. Guys, that about wraps up today's show. Thank you for bearing with us through this time of COVID. Uh, You know, we want to bring you the best quality of show every week, and we're going to try and do that as much as we can. Don't forget, join us this Saturday, Mayday Brewery, 11 a.m. for a Preds watch party, raffles, Good time, good beer, all the uh, proceeds from the raffle 
will go to Seven Element Athletics. You'll have a chance to win a lot of cool stuff, some Preds tickets, and much more. I'll see you guys later. From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network.